Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's Word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted Word of God from the throne of grace with Pastor Philip Ransom Bello. You have your Bibles, um, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. Let's, let's all read it together if you're there. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, Next verse, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Glory to God. So it reads, uh, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to what? The pulling down, somebody say the pulling down. Shout it loud, say the pulling down. The pulling down of strongholds, right? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing. Say high thing. So say strongholds, say high thing. High thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Glory to God. Now, the purpose of this message is to do one thing, is to um, bring your mindset to the place of staying with the word until there is that hatching of the word, if you know what I mean. And I've preached this message in different ways. I've talked about the peaches. I've talked about the bushels. How that we must stay with the word until the word hatches. I've spoken about um, um, the day star that rises up in our heart. How that the word comes like a glimmer of light. And then it goes into the dark place, into those cracks. And it becomes a day star in your heart. Right? So I've spoken about all those things. And here is another thought that I would add in that pattern of thinking and this is to encourage everyone um, who is a student of the word that if you want to come to the place of the experience of the word you must follow this path because I'm going to give you the road map of the soul and how that uh, um, every thought will travel around the soul until it gains preeminence over the individual so there is what we call the road map of the soul. And there are three basic phases that this thoughts will go through. Alright? Um, the first phase is, the first phase that a thought will go through is the phase of, I might as well just say the, 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 the traveler's journey. Right? Just put it this way, the traveler's journey. Uh, because... Before a thought will get to you, it has to go round the traveler's journey uh, uh, until it gets to you. Now, the analogy is using the model of how God approaches uh, by the children of Israel the walls of Jericho. That before he tells them to shout, before he tells them to speak and to scream, he would have them go round a pathway... And on the seventh day, they will go around how many times? Seven times. Then after the seventh time, they will what? They will shout. And then the walls of Jericho comes down. 
Now, that going round is what we call the traveler's journey. Right? So, you receive a word, for example, in your heart. That word, <laughs> whilst you think you have believed that word, actually that word is still traveling. Right? So, for everybody who is experienced, especially with counseling, psychology would tell you that one-time experience of a concept is not good enough to establish that concept in your heart. That you would need the concept to go around your heart severally until the concept sits in your heart. And there are many instances in the scripture where you see this kind of thing happen. So, however, uh, the thoughts will go around, which is called the traveler's journey, and it will go through three basic phases again. Uh, the phase of thinking, right? The phase of deciding, and the phase of feeling. In fact, decision actually is the last phase, because it is until you have decided that that thought can break through into the individual. So, whilst the thought has come to you, you are still thinking it, you are still feeling it, right? Um, 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 you are yet to decide it. If that has not happened, the thought hasn't gained access, I mean, access into you. Do you understand what I'm saying? So until you have felt it, until you have thought it, and you have decided, that's when it actually gets into you. So many times when, this is the reason why a lot of people who are in the faith, right? Um, whilst they have believed, don't see the benefits of their believing. That's the reason why. And the reason is simple. Because that thought, that word, is still going through a process. It's still going through that traveler's journey. It's still on the wayside. It's not yet in. So, whilst you think you have believed, is the dilemma of many Christians, many believers. Because in your mind, you feel you're a believer. Do you remember the man who saw Jesus and said, um, Lord, I believe. Help my own belief. Do you remember? Now, when, when he said, Lord, I believe. Help my own belief. He's trying to say that I want to believe. But I am not yet there. So there is still a phase of indecision. Are you getting what I'm saying? So many of us are there. And it's the reason why we have not seen the effect of what we say we believe. For example, if you read that book, that book you picked up and you read, and you think you got the book, you haven't started yet. Because you will read the book again for the second and the third time, before you think you really understand it. Why? Because the first time the book came into your spirit, or you, under, you read the book, it was going through that journey, it was going through the traveler's journey, and it had not yet penetrated yet in your spirit, in your heart. So, whilst you think you understand by his stripes you are healed, you still don't get it yet. Because that word is still traveling. And it, this thing is not a respecter of suit and tie. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not a respecter of age. If you don't believe, you don't believe. Because everybody has that everybody must go through that process. Why do you think that Jesus did not start his ministry immediately he received the encounter? I mean, he had, he had an amazing encounter. 
The Bible says that when John the Baptist saw him, he says, this, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And the Bible says the heavens were open. And when the heavens were open, what happened? The Spirit of God descended. That's many programs in one, right? That's, you know how we design programs and we name programs, right? That's open heavens. Um, divine habitation, because the Spirit of God came. Then, um, what again? Eh? Confirmation. So, three in one. Open heavens, inhabitation, visitation. It's your year of visitation. Right? Divine visitation, divine inhabitation, divine open heavens. But did you know that Jesus didn't go to start ministry immediately? He would have failed, maybe. What did he do? He took that encounter, went in there, 40 days in the wilderness. The Bible says he returned in the power of the Spirit. Now, before he, after the 40 days of process of that thing hovering, in fact, even before the 30 days, while he was in the temple at the age of 12, right? He was learning, asking questions, and he was speaking of the law. He was talking to philosophers and teachers of the law. And he kept on with that. Because the mother took note of him that this guy is a different guy. So, Jesus, at every given point in his life, from the age of 12, and maybe even before, but from the age of 12, like scripture tells us, up until when he was 30, the conviction of what he believed and why he was called, it was going around him, until it became a conviction that it would turn into a shout, and a strong conviction, which is what Peter calls the daylight. Or which is what Peter calls that day... Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So, many of us will come to that place where this word will travel. And for some people, depending on the stronghold, the word travels for longer. Um, I need, let me use examples because this morning I will just teach you this thing and I would establish why. It is better to hear simple things and the same thing over and over, 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 over again and get it than to hear too many remas that complicate you and you don't get anything. Are you getting what I'm saying? Look, if you can pick two truths of the word, two major truths of the word, and, and those truths gain ascendance to the point where you have strengthen your convictions about them, your life will be way more different than what it is now. So, I need somebody. Um, Sai, come. Sai, come. Um, now, Sai, you stand here where this pulpit is. Alright, so this is the individual, right? Now, are we together? Right? Um, Priest, you look like the word of God. Come. <laughs> now, this is God's word to Sai. Now, the word of God, let's say, is in the form of a man, a form of a body. Now, this word, when God sends this word to Simon, this word, would, this word is meant to hug him. You hug him back. It's fine, we're in church. Now, this is what is meant to happen, right? That's what is meant to happen. But that doesn't happen in the actual sense. So when God sends the word to you, 
this is meant to happen, but it doesn't happen in the actual sense. When God sends the word to you, what happens is you start going around him. This is what begins to happen. Until you have thought it, felt it, and decided. Now, the moment you... For some people, it can take five years to do this. And guess what? At this phase, right, if I say, Sai, quote the scripture, Sai can actually quote the scripture. Because it's not, it's not as if the word didn't enter his soul. The word actually entered his soul. It did. It did. So, if I say, spill out the word, he will spill it out. But, it is not yet there. Is somebody getting one of them? So, keep going around. Keep going around. Give him some space. Give him some space. So, if Simon believes, right? If Simon believes something else, right? Other than this word. This is what will happen until he comes to the place of decision. When he has decided. Now you do like this behind him. Until he decides. This is what happens. The word now comes. Until he decides that the word is true. Right? From the depth of his heart. That I believe this. This thing is true. I have decided about this word. When that happens, the word now begins to settle. But this is not even... This is just the beginning. Because just when, when you think that he's not supposed to have issues because he has decided on the word... This is just the beginning, actually. Look at your neighbor and say, it's the beginning of the journey. What's the next phase? The next phase... <laughs> you can leave him small, man of God. The next phase now is what we call strongholds. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's the next phase. So, strongholds are walls around Simon which are thinking patterns and this is where the thought realm is operating from. The thought realm of a particular belief or a particular mindset is operating from. Now, this is what we call strongholds. Now, do you remember something that when the children of Israel went round, can you please increase it? Because I'm drowning. When the children of Israel went round, yeah? On the seventh day, what happened? They shouted, right? When they shouted, what happened? The walls came down. Now see this. See this is very important. When the walls came down, those walls represent strongholds. The walls came down. Those walls are what we call strongholds. Those walls are different opinions to what the word is saying. So, if... This word, which is God's word now to you, gains ascendance into your spirit. It is because the strongholds have broken. But if the strongholds are still there, the word begins to go round until these things break. Now, this stronghold is what we call your shape. That's your shape. Because when you see people for the first time, what you see is their face. But when you get to know them, what you experience is their shape. 
because you experience their attitude their attitude is actually their shape so when we when the bible says do not be conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that transformation there is saying change your shape not change your face so for example you tell someone hello how are you doing and the person responds to you in a particular way um you can see the shape from the response but if there is a difference in the shape same person hello how are you and there is more grace in the response that's the shape has changed are you getting what i'm saying so these strongholds now begin to break and when they break at this point the word attaches to this person it is it, the same thing as conception right for those of us who did biology the sperm goes round and it goes round goes round goes round and then it hits and when it hits actual conception begins so it it is not the will of a man that breaks the stronghold it's the word actually that breaks the stronghold but this is what the will does the will opens up for the word to come and for the word to act that's what the word does so the bible says that the word of god is sharper than any two-edged sword can you show me that scripture let's let's go to that scripture if you have that scripture very quickly hebrews in hebrews Have you found it? Have you found it? Keep going. Hebrews chapter 4, yes. It says, For the word of God is living and powerful. Let's read it together. I want to go. And sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. Now, this is what the word of God does. The word is so precise... That it knows how to divide, right? Can we use another, an, let's use another version, please. Let's use either, um, you don't have the Living Bible, NLT or, or, um, any, or the message, anyone. Good. It says, God means what he says. What he says goes. His powerful word is sharp as a surgeon's scalpel, cutting through everything, whether doubt or defense. You see that? Laying us open to listen and obey. So this is what I'm telling you, that the strongholds, right, they mount up defenses that the word, which is contrary to the stronghold, like I said to you, stronghold can be positive or negative. Right? So if that stronghold is contrary to God's word, it is mounting up a defense. You can't penetrate. So what the will does as you are traveling around, is when you come to that place where you decide. For it is God who walks in you both to will and to do. Right? Once you come to that place where you decide by the help of the Spirit, this is where the strongholds begin to break. Now those defenses begin to crumble. Let's see the next verse. Is there anything in the next verse? If you have nothing, nothing and no one is impervious to God's word. We can't get away from it, no matter what. So, the, what does the work is the word. 
Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? What does the work is what? Is the word. It is the reason why every word God has given to you, you must take it and take it all over again. Because if it is not running through that, cur- that course, it is either breaking a stronghold. If that word is not breaking a stronghold yet, it is running through a course. That's why you can't stop but keep listening to that word. You have to keep listening. You have to keep hearing. For faith cometh by hearing. And then hearing. There is a continuous process of hearing all the time. Um, I used to have a challenge, right, of trying to read what I knew. And the reason is because I felt I knew it. So there's no need to read it. And I fail to realize that reading what you know or studying what you know helps you actually break strongholds that you don't know exist. One. And I'll tell you the third phase now. Right? Um, Man of God, please come. Now this is, um, let's say, let's say this is a word. Yeah. Because of your stature, that the Lord has blessed you with, he will not be able to push Sai away. Right? So try and push Sai away. But don't don't push him. <laughs> Just try and push him away. Now, the point is the reason why things don't change in people's lives is because they are not using the right mechanism for change. The best mechanism for change is the word. You can go round about it if you don't touch the word, right? If you don't hit the word, if you don't pick up that word, stay on that word, mount on that word, there is no amount of change you want to change that can change. What you would do is you would complicate the stronghold. Because you would only you would only modify this stronghold to adjust to what this thing looks like. But it is not real transformation. It is what people call outside in, not inside out. So the only transformation that can ever be guaranteed, especially recommended by scriptures for the believer, is the word of God. Because the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are what? Mighty. So let's look for a mighty person now to push Sai away. I need, I need somebody mighty. Who do I get now? Where's Mike? No, let me call Ahmed. Ahmed, come. Ahmed, come. It's Ahmed I'm going to use. Where is Mickey? Is a bit. Yes, so three of you shift now. Just by one hand, amen? <laughs> Just by one hand, amen? <laughs> That's what the word does. Are you getting, thank God he's even wearing white. That's what the word of God does. The word of God breaks. Now, if, if, if somebody, for example, is still thinking, God heals only by medicine, and there's nothing like divine healing. If you're still in that place of doubt, whether... Can God heal all sickness? 
Isn't it God's will that some people are still sick? If it is not God's will, why are they still sick? If you are still in that place, you are likely on that traveler's journey. Thank you, Amen. Now, I find out that when people ask me certain questions, I answer them according to their faith. Because if, if they are there, they won't be asking in the first place. If you are asking questions about giving, for example, that if, if we give in church, what is the purpose of this thing called giving? Who is the person that we are actually giving to? Now, if you are on that level, it, it means you are still not even there. Somebody ask a question. Um, should I... Now, don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. No. Should I throw away my medication? Or should I continue my medication and have faith in God? Now, you know my answer to that person. Continue. Because if you ask the question, it's still, <laughs> that thing is still going around. Or if you are the kind of person who feels that the way to heaven is by faith and by character, no matter how much I preach, your sins are forgiven. In your mind, there is still something that says, there is something I must do. Now, that thing that is saying there must something there is something I must do. Is what we call stronghold. That no matter how Pastor Phil preaches that your sins are forgiven and God has forgiven your sins past, present and future, that word can't break because you have not yet decided. So if I tell you, for example, that in this kingdom, right, Riches is a part of the setter of righteousness. I'm going to teach that this evening. Riches is a part of the setter of righteousness, of which you saw in those seven dimensions that I shared with you last Sunday. And then you are saying that God doesn't give money. Money doesn't grow on trees. If that's your conversation, you are not there yet. Do you understand what I'm saying? It means that a conversation other than the word is what is speaking, not you. So, for example, if, 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 if life throws questions at you, your, your default response is the stronghold, not God's word. And one thing you must watch out for is that you are not responding by the voices of your strongholds. You are res- not by the voices of some of those strongholds can be doubt, can be fears, can be unbelief, those are strongholds talking. They are not the word of God talking. If the word of God is talking, there is absolute conviction about it. It is this thing that I am saying to you, right? That is the reason why someone like John the Baptist will look at Jesus and say, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And you will think that because of what John uttered, he believed what he was saying. Did you know that Almost two, three years down the line, he sent his disciples to go and meet Jesus and ask him. He said, go and ask him if he's the Messiah or should we expect another? That was the same guy who said, behold the Lamb of God. That even the preacher who is preaching, right, you might think from the way he's sweating that he believes what he's saying. Then when life hits, you know that that word that he's speaking 
It is even still traveling. It has not even touched stronghold. So, how do we know where you are? It is when there is the, when you are in the face of trial and challenges. That's when we know where the word is. If the word has not gained ascendance yet, we will know. How do we know? It's not by, when, see, it is when life hits you, that's when we know where you are. Look at Paul, for example, Paul the Apostle. Paul the Apostle, when he was on his way to Damascus, the Bible says that a great light shone on him, and then he fell. And that voice said, why are you persecuting me? And blah, blah, blah. And, he, and, and you know the story. And one profound statement Paul made is, Lord, what would you have me do? And then he directed him to Ananias. But do you know that even after that light encounter, it still took Paul three years in Arabia. Now, if you read Galatians chapter 1, verse 11, 12, you will see what Paul said, that when, oh God, he says, it pleased the Father who has called me and separated me from my mother's womb, right, that I may, to reveal his son in me, that I may preach him. Then he went on to say that, I, net, I neither conferred with flesh and blood, I didn't go to Jerusalem to the apostles who were before me. I went, to the, I went back to that. Before I came back to Damascus, I went to Arabia for three years. Now, Jesus himself was teaching Paul after he had the first encounter. Because that first encounter might just be that the word is still traveling. Then after three years of conviction, see the conviction Paul was preaching the gospel. Somebody who said to leave his Christ and to die is gain. You think it's a joke? Why did he say in scripture that I, I have known whom I have believed and I'm persuaded. At that point the word had gotten to the third part. Let me tell you the third part. The third part is, you know when the children of Israel shouted, right? The walls of Jericho crumbled. It was that same wall that crumbled that they used to build their own walls. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? So, when that wall crumbles the crumbling of the wall is a significant statement that a new strong man has come there so what happens is that the new strong man begins to build his own wall because if he doesn't build his own wall he's open to defenses so see what has happened to some of us first step the word has come it is still traveling you think you believe you still don't believe but you just don't know until you begin to battle with symptoms. When you battle with symptoms, that's where we know whether you really believe or not. Then when you get to the point where the word touches the stronghold, or that strong man, because Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, from verse 28 down, he says that if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, it means the kingdom has come unto you. Then he now went on to say that no man can come into a strong man's house without binding the strong man. What is he trying to say? That in everybody's house that has goods inside of it, there is what we call the strong man. That the strong man is not just the owner of the house. The strong man is the mindset of the owner of the house. That before you plunder the goods of that man, you have to touch his mind. So what Jesus is saying is that when I came here and I pushed to you, the Spirit of God, it dispelled devil spirits because 
This is a higher authority. I've been able to bind the strong man. That's what he's saying. So, for some of us, the word is still traveling. For some of us, we have broken the defenses. We have broken the stronghold. But you have broken the strongholds. You are still open to attack. So what do you do now? What's the next thing to do? The next thing to do is for you to start building your own strongholds. Are you following what I'm saying? Because if you don't build your own strongholds, what has been crumbled those seven days of going around and on the seventh day you went around seven times and then you were shouting and then after you shouted the walls came down all that will be a waste because another enemy because in every city there's what we call the high place so this is the third phase the third phase is what we call the high place that the strong man has built a stronghold around the city one Secondly, he has mounted himself on the high place. What is a high place? The high place is unity of opinion. That there is no opinion that comes to him without it aligning with that opinion. There is a way to think. It's the high place. So for the believer now, this is what you do. Whenever you pick the word of God, allow that word travel through his course. Because as that word is traveling through its course, you are in the place of thinking, feeling, and deciding. And when you know you have decided, you see that strongholds begin to crumble. And when strongholds crumble, what's the next thing you do? Now, you begin to, with the same stones that fell, you begin to build your own. Why do you think the Bible says, building up your... Pray in the Holy Ghost. Now, this is the essence of building up yourself. You are building yourself to an edifice that when you come to that place, which is the high place, you are saying, This is the only way I think. It is when you have gotten here. Now, hear me. Um, it is when you are even well. That's the best time to read books on healings. Not when you are sick. I said, It is when you are well. Why? Because if that word is not running through a cause, it is breaking strongholds. If the word is not breaking strongholds, it is building an edifice. So what do you do? You pick the truth of God's word and you build your edifice with it until it has guarded your heart to the point where you can't think anywhere else. So scripture now says, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life. If people get to this place, there is nothing the devil can do. For a man who is dealing with symptoms, he will never bring himself to say, I'm sick. This kind of person. Never. For somebody who has built a stronghold and a high place with the word of God, with God's word of provision to this point. Right? It is the reason why I'm telling you that Jesus' convictions... We are so powerful that even when Satan came, or even when his own feelings, or his own flesh was speaking, he knew how to overcome it. Now, I was sharing some things with some people, and I said that, with all due respect to our fathers in the faith, right? Some of our fathers in the faith. If they did not build strongholds about what they believed, it would have been easy to teach them otherwise. Right? Now, especially on the concept or the teaching of the gospel, of which is centered around the fact that your sins are forgiven and that salvation is basically by faith. There is no heaven by works. 
A lot of people don't believe this. Now, our fathers in the faith have not come to receive this. Why? Because the truth with which they received, right? They built walls around this truth by prayer and fasting. That's why I'm telling you, strongholds can be neutral. You can do with strongholds, whether negative or whether positive. So for a man to change conviction, it takes what God said in Jeremiah chapter 1. If I show me that scripture, Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12. This is then said the Lord to me, you have seen well, for I am alert and active, watching over my word to perform it. Next verse. It says, and the word of the Lord came to me the second time saying, what do you see? And I say, I see a boiling pot. Now go to verse um, 10. Or let's start from verse 9. Start from verse 9. The Lord, then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. Next verse. He says, See, I have this day appointed you to the oversight of the nations and of the kingdoms to root out and to pull down. This is bringing strongholds down now. To root out and to pull down, to destroy and to overthrow. Then what's the next thing you see there? Shouted everybody, what? This is what you must be doing this year. Are you getting what I'm saying? For the remaining part of the year, right? If you're going to see tangible, <laughs> tangible experiences, begin to build and begin to plant. If I put it this way, begin to plant and begin to build. Because if you don't pick the word and build your strongholds, the devil will come as a, as a disguise and shatter what you have done. It is the reason why people go into depression. Pastor, how can I have believed this thing for years and it's not working? Do you know after I taught you all on Wednesday, um, the love of God, I saw something that made me think very deeply. You know, an experience that's very dear to my heart. Yeah. And I said, I was getting to the place where I was almost asking God questions. And I'm saying, God, if we have given ourselves this much to you, why is this happening? I almost got to that place where I was going to ask questions. And then I remember that yesterday I preached and I told the people. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? Because the physician needs his own medicine. I remember I told the people that, look, the proof of God's love is not in outcomes, but in what has already happened. And I told myself, I said, God loves me. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? So, believers run into depression when they think they are in faith and they don't see results. That's because they haven't built that word yet as a fence to the point where it is a pinnacle in their heart. Let me advise you this year. Build a pinnacle with the truth of God's word. Do you understand what I'm saying? Build a pinnacle with the truth of God's word in your life. Surround yourself with the word. That there will be no other way to think. You can't think failure. You can't. Because if you are still thinking whether you will make it or whether you will not make it, it means there are strongholds possibly of the past that you have tried and you failed. That's speaking louder than your present state now. And because you tried the first time and you failed, does not mean that your default response is the fear of failure. If you do that, you are still, strongholds are talking, not you. Yes, sir. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? So this year, you know what you're going to do? You're going to build pinnacles of truth in your heart. Pick up 
let the let the experiences you go through let them be your report card let them tell you this is where i need to build strongholds of truth around for example if you're always falling ill pick up scriptures on healing build a pinnacle on that scripture that this thing has become so strong it has become like the strong man in a strong city and before the devil comes he can't plunder your goods Does somebody hear what i'm saying so build pinnacles of god's word in your heart glory to god so when i ask you to shout for example my sins are forgiven what do you think you're doing when I say shout, my sins are forgiven. Did you hear the testimony of one of our sisters? Okay, that was on um, the program Lizzie had. Right? Yeah, on Tuesday. She said, in the process of shouting, my sins are forgiven. She just realized that she was loved. What did that shouting do? Now, that shouting is not ordinary shout. It's a shout that talks to you. That speaks to your inner man. That speaks to the strongholds there. And when you keep shouting it, when you keep saying it, look, some of you need to begin to vocally and with expressions say these things. That the stronghold of so-so and so is broken. And I build the pinnacle of truth of so-so and so. Some of you need to be vocal about it. Because if this word is not running through a course, it is breaking a stronghold. If it is not breaking a stronghold, you are building a pinnacle with it. So there is never an end point to this thing. Because as much as we keep speaking, we keep raising the state of the edifice higher. So the dangerous thing is for you to have built pinnacles over wrong thoughts. That's a danger. That you build a pinnacle where there is a watchman standing. And it's a disguise to make you think that what you believe is true. God forbid that you have believed over the years something that is not true. That's why it's important you are in a good church. That you hear the truth of God's word. And the pastor is telling you there is what to believe and there is what not to believe. If not, you enter one chance. Your peace is yours to have. Do you understand what I'm saying? But you must learn how to build, how to plant, how to raise, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost until you rise like an edifice. In fact, let's see Jude chapter 20 or Jude verse 20 in the Amplified Version. Jude, chapter, Jude verse 20 in the Amplified Version. Oh, glory to God. He said, but you, beloved, Build yourselves up, founded on your most holy faith. Make progress. Look at your neighbor. If I shout at your neighbor, say, make progress. Make progress. progress. It's a rise like an edifice. Higher and higher. Praying in the Holy Ghost. So, for those of you who are looking for new things, stay with the one you know. Now, when Jesus was weak, when Jesus was tired, right, in the Garden of Gethsemane, what did the Bible say? That he went back, prayed. He came back, saw the disciples sleeping. And he asked them, why can't you watch with me for one hour? He went, the Bible says he went back saying the same things. He was building an edifice in his heart. That, that thing I said before I came to wake these guys up who are sleeping, I will go back and say it again. Until this thing rises like a daystar in my heart. 
So do you know why the children of Israel had to shout on the seventh day? That shout was a command. But in the actual sense, when you follow this process, it, it's actually not a command. It's an outflow. You didn't get what I said. That when you have gotten to the point where this word has hatched and where this day spring has risen in your heart, the shout will not be a command. The Old Testament, you know you have to command everything. But in the New Testament, there is a greater reflection of truth than the Old Testament. The Old Testament is shadows. The New Testament is substance. So in the New Testament, you will not shout it. It will come out of you. That's why the Bible says that out of your bellies we flow. Rivers of living water. It is out of your mouth we pour. Because if it's pouring out of the mouth, there is an orifice for it to come out. Right? There is space for it to come out. But he's saying even with that orifice, because it is too full, it will still break the container. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? Many of you need to begin to break the old wineskins. What are the old wineskins? Right? In fact, <coughs> when the Bible says you can't put new wine in old wineskin, wineskins in those days were made of goat skin. And goat skin, when it becomes old, old, it solidifies and becomes breakable. That's goat skin for you. That if you smash it, it can literally break. That's, so it's not as malleable as it used to be. That's a goat skin. But when the Bible says that you can't put new wine in old wine skin, he's trying to say that if you put new wine, because of the fermentation of the new wine, it will... But if you put a new wine skin in a... If you put new wine in a new wine skin, that the process of the fermentation will tally with the new wine that can accommodate the expansion. But if you put a goat skin or a wine skin, which is goat skin, that has been old, that has expanded already, that's what many of you need to do. You need to just analyze some things. What are these fears? Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? See, I told you before that Satan doesn't need fear to kill you. I mean, Satan needs fear hmm, to affect you. Because it is by your fears you actually give him power. Right? And that's why I spoke about condemnation. That the purpose of condemnation is to make you weaker. Because he can't face you face to face. I can't fight this guy by his strength now. If we are on the same place and expect to win 100%. There must be 50-50 chance. Because he's fighting from his strength. But if I condemn him, if I weaken him, it is the process of him feeling bad about himself because of my condemnation and my words that makes him weak. At that point, I have gained, I've just built an edifice of my stronghold in his heart. So that when he's weaker because of my words, at that point, it's easier for me to just do like this. And then he falls. Look, there's a way you build strongholds of God's word over your heart. That if Satan is coming with swords, you use spoon. Spoon. <laughs> Someone hearing what I'm saying? Spoon. Because in those days, as long as the Lord has ordered a battle, and he will say to David, whenever you hear the sound of the trees moving, go. The moment he begins to go, and then he wins the victory. At that point, whatever the, if the children of Israel are holding straw, they win. So it's not by the weapon. Because the weapons of our warfare, 
They are mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. So what does your will do? This is where many motivational speakers are missing it. They, say, they teach you to will as if to say that the will is what causes the change. No, in, in, in the New Testament church, we don't say that it is, the, it is your will. Because it's not even your will. In the first place, it is him who has put the will in you, both to will and to do. So what that will does is it, it opens you up to the word. So from will to word, from word to works. That is where the missing link is. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because if the word does not gain penetration into the heart, there is nothing that you can do. Today, many people are going to break strongholds of fears. Now, those strongholds can include anything. It can be fear of the future. It can be fear of that you will, not, you will not be well married because of how old you are. Right now, it will be anywhere beleface. That can be a thought pattern because of your age. No, I'm serious. That when you are thinking to yourself, see how old I am right now. How many good men are out there? Anyone that just comes, just follow. See, that's a stronghold already. Because at that point, you have ceased to believe that the best is yours. Or you are thinking that God will not give you a capital of blessing and the capital of wisdom. Do you know Solomon was not born with wisdom? So, Sai, this is the strong city. The believer. That word will come to you. It will go through that journey's path, the traveler's journey, until you have decided. So that book you are reading, go back and read it all. Build an edifice with it. If you say you understand this truth, do three days with the truth. Three days of fasting with the truth. You say, Pastor, I've done three days already. Enter seven days. Continue. That same, that same, same, same truth. Until it hatches, it breaks in your heart. At that point, you'll be the one shouting. Remember the story of that guy who was holding the cigarette that I, show, I, I shared with you? He would smoke take a puff, say, my sins are forgiven. Very weak statement. The next day, takes another. My sins are forgiven. But there was a day, having meditated on the word severally, when he held it, the first thing that happened was anger. Angry at the stick. What is this? Then he now shouted, my sins are forgiven. At that point, that shout is the shout that brought Jericho's wall down. That shout was not a command. It was an outflow. Do you understand what I'm saying? You will rise in your heart this year with truth of God's word. You will tell yourself, I believe it. And you won't even be in that place where you say, Lord, help my own belief. And if you are there, don't feel guilty. Just continue. Because faith cometh by hearing. And hearing, and hearing. Keep hearing, no. Keep hearing. Why do you think you have pastors who preach to you, and after ten years or after fifteen years, they go? There's one man called Carlton Pearson who has heard of Carlton Pearson. Carlton Pearson, who started the Azusa revival in America, one of the first mega churches in America. Carlton Pearson. I watched a movie recently about Carlton Pearson. How he switched into errors. And he began to speak a different message that is subtle to what the Bible really teaches. 
This was a man who championed people into the faith. Now, at this point, he himself started to shake. It is possible that the truth of what he was preaching was hovering in his own life. Had not yet hit his soul yet. So this is what we call soul travel. <laughs> that this word will travel around your soul. Penetrate your heart. You break all the defenses, all the strongholds. And then you begin to build your own edifice. Until you have no option in your head. That this thing, this is how it works. Is somebody hear what I'm saying? And as you keep building, you keep seeing better. To the man who is one story building, there's, there's an extent to which you can see. Somebody who is ten story building, there is how more, much more you can see. So you can't compare someone who has been. That's why you say, ah, is it not the same Holy Ghost? Let me explain it to you. It's the same Holy Ghost, but not the same edifice. That's the explanation. That's why someone like, maybe your pastor will say, live in the name of Jesus. The demon will leave. But you will say, if. <laughs> Nothing happens. And you are saying, but Pastor Phil said, the same Holy Ghost in you is the same Holy Ghost in me. What's happening? What I said is not wrong. What I said is not wrong. But what is happening is that my edifice is higher. So why would the demon say, Jesus I know, Paul, I know who you be. Why? He said, we command you to go in the name that Paul preaches. That word, they had heard about Jesus. In the name of Jesus that Paul preaches. They had heard about him. But that word was still going through the traveler's path. So it is what Paul said. Not what their heart is speaking. Somebody hear what I'm saying? This, this, in this period, you will rise and you will shout with a loud voice, with convictions. My sins are forgiven. Knowing that it produces for you the seven sweet fragrances and influences of which we know wisdom is part of it, blessing is part of it, honor is part of it, strength is part of it, glory. Have you seen a believer that is not glorious? It's an aberration. When God made Adam and Eve, glory was a part of their form. Clothes were not a conversation. Do goats look naked to you? Do lions look naked to you? They look glorious. Every attempt of man is an attempt to deal with the failures of the fall. By the time you begin to build edifice in your heart and you begin to make progress, if I shout at your neighbor and say, Make progress. By the time you begin to make progress with the word, right? Oh God, you will, you will hang the moon. <laughs> I don't know how to put it in your heart. As long as you don't see something working, know that there is progress to make on this word. Because this gospel works. The gospel works. The gospel works. You don't need to win by chua You don't need to win by deceiving people. You don't need to win by 419. You don't need to win by schemes. You don't, you, don't, you don't need to, you don't need to um, 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 the words fail me. You can win by righteousness. In fact, secure your peace and win by righteousness. It's better for you. It's better for you. Glory to God. Are you blessed this morning? So what I've given you today is instructional word that you must speak every word and build strongholds around it. First of all, crumble the existing strongholds. 
and then build your own strongholds. That's what you must do. And I speak over you in the name of Jesus that every stronghold of fear, every stronghold of failure, every stronghold of deception, every stronghold, every mirage, whatever stands that does not really exist, I decide right now in the name of Jesus that the word of God comes into your heart. Begins to take preeminence. Begins to break and overthrow every stronghold that exists in the name of Jesus Christ. There are some of you who are here looking at me thinking you need five years to make it. Do you know what God can do with one hour? Do you know what God can do with one hour? One hour? One hour. Do you know what God can do with one hour? First of all, how many days did he create the world? Six days. Right? And on the seventh day he rested. That thing is still running up till today. After many billions of years. Don't calculate 6,000 years. Because from the, from the time he said, let there be light. Right? In the beginning was the word. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth right? In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The full stop. They were now moves to say, and the earth was without form and void. Billions of years had in between. So when he says, now let us make man in our own image. Some theologians believe that there was a man not in his own image. That's why if you pick fossils of dinosaurs, you see that they date back to timings that are older than the Bible. <laughs> the word God spoke is still running up till today. And you are saying you need time for God to bless you. What is it that he wants to bless? Is it just that your one business? When he created the world in six days? See, break your mind. Break your mind. Open your mind up. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? Open your mind up. There's somebody who is like, I, I just keep going back to this healing matter. There's somebody who keeps thinking that, you see, this sickness is, is allowed by God. It's the will of God for me. It, that thing you are believing it might look noble, but it's a stronghold. It's a stronghold. Don't accept attacks that you're not supposed to accept. Because those attacks are designed to weaken you. If I, have you seen boxers fighting? How many of you love boxing like I do? I love boxing so much. See, the one who is boxing prepares on training day for blows that are strong enough to knock him. But he doesn't expose himself to those blows. Catch what I'm saying. So don't, don't be there thinking it's noble to receive the chastening of the Lord. What is the chastening of the Lord? You interpret your suffering to be God's will. Who told you? Didn't you see riches there? In what the lamb was slain to receive. You didn't see riches there. That he gave you wisdom. He said, okay, a strong, another stronghold could be that the wisdom is creativity to make wealth. I disagree with you. It is creativity to make wealth and wealth. What the lamb died for is wisdom to make wealth and wealth itself. That's why you have riches and you have wisdom there. You didn't get what I said. Why are you selecting what to take? Don't expose your chest to unnecessary blows. Because if, he doesn't not, if, he do, if you don't fall down with those blows, it will make you weak. Let's not deceive ourselves. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
You know when they when somebody gives when the heavyweight gives serious blow, uppercut, and the guy is the guy has not fallen. No. He's still standing, but the referee just goes and he says, game over. You know that kind of knockout? That even though you've not fallen, you are falling. That, let me explain what that thing means. It means that thing in his head that tells him fall has fallen by itself here. So he's still standing. But it is knockout. That is, after the blow, the, the last thought in your head froze. And you are just there. See, my friend, there is, no, there is no need to be noble over something you can avoid. Yes, sir. Yes. Now, I, I have a question for you. Those blows, did he train for them? Yes, he did. But does it mean he should expose himself to those blows? No, don't. Do. Guard yourself. That's why the Bible warns you. Build a stronghold of protection of these truths around your mind. But this year, hey, hey, glory to God. This year, this conversation of my sins are forgiven. Hey, we work for you. The seven sweet influences of Pleiades, the seven stars that are in his hands, they will begin to produce for you experiences of God. I came to announce to somebody, you are God's weather here on earth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You are his weather here on earth. You are God's design here on earth. Glory to God. Strongholds are broken in the name of Jesus. Strongholds of fears are broken in the name of Jesus. Strongholds of doubts are broken in the name of Jesus. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. And for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash standpointabj, twitter.com slash standpointabj, instagram.com slash standpointabj, and on soundcloud.com slash standpointabj.